Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad with my microphone turned on this time. That is helpful. Um, <laughs> so this week was Elijah. That was, um, that was not an easy text to preach. No, it was fun though. Um, so there's a lot, there was a lot of different, okay. So when we, we, we did our text study, um, Tuesday, we literally went through it and we started talking and finally I said, where do you even go with this? Like there, like there's most texts, there's, there's like a, there's like a very obvious theme that jumps out and says, preach me. Right. And in this text, there wasn't anything like that just jumped out of the page, off the page and said, yeah, preach me, preach this. It was, yeah, preaching just you know be still or whatever, and and the 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 God in the silence kind of thing, and then maybe just shutting up and letting people listen wasn't the way to go with the sermon. Of um, okay, my sermon is going to be I'm not going to say anything, and you all just sit here and listen. <laughs> although, although to be honest, like some people might really appreciate that. Yeah, they might. <laughs> they might. That might be uh, the better way to go. Um, but, and, and, and there are some problems with this text also, because you've got, it starts off with Elijah having just killed 400 prophets. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the things we just right out of the gate just addressed was one dude was super overzealous, like, oh my, like, and, and I get it. Like he's seen something he cares deeply about, um, appear to be you know, go, appear to be going extinct. And he just, you know, Elijah just wants the Israelites to hold on to that covenant, to keep that covenant. And he feels so desperate that he, you know, kind of goes off the deep end and goes on a, a, a killing spree. Um, and, you know, and I, did, I didn't touch on this in, in my sermon, but that stuff still happens. You know, we still have people committing extreme violence um, in the name of religion. And, you know, that, essentially that was, that was Elijah's deal. And, you know, the, the thing that, that I also made sure to point out, God, nowhere, nowhere did God say, hey, Elijah. Go do that. Go, uh, go knock off those, uh, those other prophets, or the prophets of those other gods. Um, you know, he kind of acted on his own and, yeah, kind of went over, the, stepped over the line, like blew way past the line. Um, and and I, I, think, I think that's an important piece to kind of wrestle with. I, I didn't want to focus on that on the sermon end of it um, this week, but it, that was definitely an angle and something. It was, it was one of the many oppor- options for preaching this week, but... Well, no, not, yeah, no, I, I, I guess one. I'm going to go with no, I don't even think you can really preach that part of it. That just is, oof. <laughs> well, and I, well, I think partially because, and one of the reasons I didn't, um, I, I don't, you pre- often you preach to a need, whether it's internal or external, and I didn't, I certainly didn't feel the internal, uh, man, I really wanted to, you know, go knock off some people who you know, who are worshiping other gods. And, those, you know, I haven't, I'm not quite that overzealous. Um, <laughs> and, and and I don't feel that we have, you know, a, a group of crusaders here uh, in the pews and, and watching online that that was a needed area to address either. <laughs> um, although, although can you, can you imagine some of our folks like 
in like crusader gear that would be kind of funny (laughs) if you were hearing this and think i'm thinking of you you're right (laughs) oh my that's funny oh yeah no that's so not a not a preaching angle for the text but definitely something that i wanted to touch on to just say hey listen like just so we're clear this wasn't god-ordained violence Right. Um, and, and the repercussions of that lead to then Jezebel wanting to kill him. I mean, had it been just kind yeah. of a showdown um, and they lost, I don't know that, you know, and they lost and he walked away and no one died. I don't know that Jezebel would have been quite as intent on her vengeance um, I mean, that's always the the thing with 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 this kind of violence is it begets more violence and uh, violence always begets more violence. Yeah, yeah. There's like, always retribution yeah. for this, and that just kind of goes in this the cycle, which leads Elijah then to be like, okay, just kill me now because I'm done. Right. Um, and and that's and that's kind of where I focus more on my sermons. So um, I was actually I was not here this weekend, but I was actually watching it online um, right. from from my hotel room, and. Something that occurred to me as I was listening to the reading in your sermon is I went, you know, here's Elijah begging basically to die. Elijah never dies. Elijah gets caught up in the whirlwind and God does not grant him that one thing he was asking for, which was, let me die. God's like, nope. (laughs) Elijah's prayer was to die. And that was an unanswered prayer. It was a very unanswered prayer. It was, he got swept up in the whirlwind and disappeared. And um, yeah, technically did not, uh, according to the scriptures, did not he did not die. Yeah. So I, I, I he just was wizard of Oz. Yeah. He was wizard <laughs> out. And I, you know, that was not part of the text today, but right, right. I, I, I it found that just kind of funny. I was like, wait a minute. Elijah's like, I want to be like my ancestors. He's like, I'm no better than my ancestors. Just let me die and I'll go join them. Yeah. And that's not what it, in so many ways, not what happens. Um, first of all, that angel brings him some nice hot cakes. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> so I, so I, I, you're, I, I you're wish into the hotcakes that the angel brings. I wish I would have had, I wish I would have had more time to dig in deeper on the cakes part of it. I mean, clearly not a major theological thing that needed to be teased out. But you, you like, want to know what kind of cakes? They yeah, like, like, are we talking? Can, are we talking like you want to experiment? You want to go yeah. out and see if you can bake a yeah. cake on hot stones? Yeah. So it's like, are, are we talking pancakes? Like hotcakes? Um, are we talking like bread? Are we talking like cupcakes or muffins? Um, these are the things that keep me. Yeah, no, not really. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I did find I do find it interesting and found it interesting that the hey here's some have some hotcakes um, to sustain you for your journey and a journey that he had no intention of making right right like Elijah collapses under a broom, under a broom tree and is like I'm done. Like, forget it. Just take my life. I'm not going anywhere. And like, like, so you know how when you're woken up and you don't want to be... It, like every it, morning? Right. It's like, especially <laughs> in my house with the kids running in. Ah, time to get up. Like, oh, God, please just go. Um, my, you have that, my dog you, wants to be fed. You, know, you have that, that crankiness where you're just like, Ugh. Like, I can't imagine. And, and I go to bed, you know, expecting and hoping to wake up. Um... 
And Elijah collapses under the broom tree, not wanting to wake up, and then to be woken up like, just leave me alone. So maybe the cakes were like a like a peace offering almost. Because okay, so if my kids bust in my bust in the bedroom on a Saturday morning when they don't have to get up for school and they don't have to get up at the same time, kids, if you're listening, you don't have to get up at the same time for school on a Saturday. You don't have school. Go to sleep. But maybe if they came in with hot cakes, I wouldn't feel so bad. There's some wisdom there. There is some wisdom. There's there. some wisdom there. Yes, yes. Greet people with hot cakes, and that will make everything better. Well, we ha- so I, I including had, waking up in the morning. Yeah. So we had we had two funerals on Saturday, and one of the funerals was for um, Dr. Gray, and the the physician's dining room at Martin North. I I, I know which one it is. Yeah, Martin yeah. North. Was, North is the one by the river. Yes, was named after him. Um, and his his son shared a story that, you know, one, he always liked to eat. There was always time for food. He always liked to eat, which I can really appreciate. And during a board meeting, um, he made a motion that they allow snacks and provide snacks at the board meeting that got voted down. So the next month, or the next meeting, I assumed it was the next month, I didn't really ask. Um, the next meeting... Um, he ordered Little Caesar's pizza, and in the middle of the meeting, Little Caesar's pizza guy, sh- delivery guy, showed up <laughs> for the meeting. And then from then on, they had so. And, and I said in, in the sermon, you know, I, there, in the in the in the homily for the funeral, you know, I think there's some there's some extreme wisdom in that because it is really hard to be angry with people. I said with holding a piece of pepper on your pizza, um, but you know, food and meals have a way of, of opening conversations and lowering tensions. And I wonder if the angel, I wonder if God knew, you know what, he's going to be really mad that we're waking him up. Let's uh, wake him up with some hot cakes, um, and then it won't be so be a little easier to, won't be so bad that we're waking him up. I don't know, maybe there's some wisdom there. Oh, there might be. I mean, um, I think there's a reason that food is such a, major part of any religious gathering um not even just not even within just christianity or judaism i mean islam has huge feasts that mm-hmm. are around when they break their fast um you know there's just this um notion and idea somehow of of community in terms of when when you're when you're eating and um, coming together, and it is, I think, because it's harder to to really be mad at somebody while you're you're in the middle of of, of feeding yourself um, and feeding others. And you give me cakes, I'm probably not going to be mad. Yeah, it's like or less mad. Yeah, whatever. Um, and and but interestingly enough, though, too, with this story, in terms of um, kind of more the broad story of of Elijah, is Elijah was was supposed to do certain things and he he accomplished some of them and then this event happens and he basically gives up you know and it's kind of like i'm done um i don't want to do this anymore and so all of those things that are kind of at the end there that say you know this is this person's going to do this hazael and jehu and whatever mm-hmm. elisha winds up being the one doing those things, not Elijah. Um, 
and we just hope there wasn't a sneeze at some point of the telling of the That's story. That's what I said. Change the two, but uh, <laughs> I said somebody's really bad handwriting. Yeah. Um, when they transcribed it, or and I'm kind of sad that we don't talk about Elisha really. Um, yeah. And and the narrative a whole lot. Um, I mean, we don't talk about him at all, really, in any of whether you're doing revised comment or the narrative lectionary. Yeah. Um, I think we have the one story of uh, Naaman um, with Elisha, where he goes and washes and and whatever. And, I believe so. Um, and you know, Elisha kind of you know picks up the mantle, so to speak. And there are some really bizarre stories of of um, he's. Uh, Elisha's getting bullied because he has a bald head. And so he sicks some bears on some kids to maul them. I mean, it's just, it's like, what? <laughs> but anyway, I'm digressing. Um, <laughs> back to Elijah. Elijah then, though, kind of, um, it's sort of one of those things where, okay, so back when Moses was making his excuses, he kind of, you know, God was like, okay, I'm going to give you somebody else then, you know, here's Aaron that's going to do this part for you. Um, and kind of the same thing happens with Elijah where Elijah's like, I'm just done. And God's like, well, no, I still have things for you to do, but I think maybe I realize I pushed you too far. Um, or you've been, you've pushed yourself too far or you, you know, some, something has gone on here. Um, so one of my least favorite things people say is God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah. And it's, and it's said a lot. It is said a lot. And I know where it comes from. It comes from First Corinthians and there's that whole, you will not be tempted beyond what you are, you know, capable of. of. But that's something very different in terms of just having garbage and threats to your life and the stress of, of, of life weighing you down, bearing, you know, down upon you. And obviously this is not a true statement when you say God will not give you more than handle because, um, let's just face it, suicide rates are way too high for that to be true. Yes. Um, some people have just decided they cannot handle and, and their, their coping mechanisms fail. Right. And, um, and have more faith and things like that just are right. Not and, and, and a thing you know, we can debate all day whether it's God giving them to you or whether it's just, you know, things happening. And that's not the point. In, in Elijah's but, case, I mean, let's be honest, some of it's self-inflicted. Some of it's very like, self-inflicted. Like he he had, didn't need to go kill those 400 prophets his life, his life was in danger because he went and killed a bunch of people. So, like, yeah. Yeah. So generally that, that angers people. That does. That, that adds an added stress. Let's put it that way. Um, but the point being is... Elijah had had, basically had reached his breaking point. Yeah. Um, and he was done. Yeah. And when you get to that point of, so you're so done that you do, you just lie down and you say, I don't care if I die. Um, now it kind of finally, I don't really want to go into this too much. There's that, um, being utterly self-destructive in terms of, you actually take actions to do things to harm yourself versus um, I have, I very much know that feeling of, I really don't care one way or another if I live or die yeah. where you're, you're in such a bad spot. You're not going to actively do anything to yourself, but you also don't care. Yeah. And so you let a lot of things well, that you might've cared about at one point in time yeah. slide 
Um, you maybe pay a little less attention when you're crossing the street. Maybe you're, <laughs> you know, just little tiny things like that. Um, you don't care about your health as much. Um, and you kind of are like, you know, well, I don't care, whatever, something's going to kill me. And, yeah. you know, there's just that, you know, when you fall into that kind of depression and I would say Elijah was kind of depressed. Yes, I, absolutely. Um, and, and I, I don't, I didn't use depression, the word depression. I talk about despair a lot. Right. Um, instead of depression, although I mean, in, in some cases, not clinically, but you know, from an adjective standpoint, they're they're fairly interchangeable, right? Um, and, and I think it's obvious, you know, he collapses, it, and I, I I poked fun at how how dramatic Elijah was. Oh yeah, Elijah, his, Jonah, they're um, both super dramatic in their you know wanting to die because Jonah does the same thing. Yeah, Jonah, yeah. Jonah's, but his is out of anger. Yes. Um, yeah. More so than despair. His is his is he's so angry he wants to die. Yeah. Um, because you know God is going to be merciful and he's not going to take out the um, people he wants God to take out. Yeah. So there's how that. dare how dare God not take the life of someone that I want. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, he he would have been all for Elijah um, killing those four hundred prophets. That was where, where Jonah would have been at. Yeah. 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 Jonah, Jonah was all about the smiting. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and Jonah was very upset that there was no smiting. Do we use the word smite anymore out of biblical context? Uh, I don't think so. I think I when think we use so. it, we're still jokingly talking about God doing something um, in terms of, of smiting. Yeah. But that, it, but really, you know, the 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 Jonah Elijah stories from that that you know that desire just to to I'm at this dramatic. Kill me now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so well, and and for Elijah too, it's the no one else is faithful. It's only me. It's all by myself. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm the only one who is faithful, God. And God's like, eh, you know, it's, maybe not. I think maybe there's about seven thousand other people that. So so, been so one of the things we've talked about a lot. Um, like sort of unofficially and officially, um, both in sermons and outside of sermons, is this deep desire? Because this is this these were all these these stories were all orally passed down. So you got to hear inflections, you got to hear tones. Now maybe they weren't accurate, but it's way different than the quotation marks. Mm -hmm. um, and. You know, so I, so we think we nailed Elijah and his despair and drama and woe is me, blah, 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 blah. But what, what I didn't, what I didn't, you know, sort of address, and we have, we didn't talk about with this text specifically, what was God's tone when God says, because it's, so in chapter, in chapter, in verse 18, which was the last verse of our reading, God essentially says, you know, there's 7,000 that haven't bent the knee or kissed and, you know, they're there. Like, was it compassionate God? Going, hey, uh, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone There's 7,000 who have not and blocked. Or was it sarcastic, <laughs> impatient God going, um, excuse me, yeah. there are 7,000 other people who have not bent the knee. Right. Get over yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs> like... Like I, and I didn't, I didn't even really pick up on that. Like I was so focused on the drama of Elijah, um, and how woe is me he was throughout this text. And again, rightfully so. I mean, he was his life was threatened, well, for a reason. But I mean, let's face it: when you get death threats, like 
I, that would cause some despair. I get it. This um, is again kind of where I miss the oral tradition part of telling these yes. stories because that that's the beauty of an oral tradition is they get told with inflection. Yeah. And they get told with the drama and the and the, and, and the tone because um, so so Pastor Dave was our reader at the nine thirty service uh -huh. and he did a pretty good job. I mean, he didn't go over the top yep, right. dramatic with Elijah, but but he definitely definitely you know inflected some despair. Yes. Um, I just some took, whininess. Yeah, I just I mean, his kids are older than mine, so and I don't I don't think he has. I think I think Pastor Dave only has sons. I don't know if he has any daughters. Um, but yeah, my young daughters, I, I sort of, you know, channeled their inner drama. Um, and, and you did that quite well because and, yes, I have seen your daughter's yeah. drama queen yeah. and that's kind of what they do. Yeah. This morning over a sweater because it was a little chilly and it's red, white, and blue day. And what am I going to do? Yeah. Well, I, I spent the, <laughs> I'll see. And I spent the weekend with a four-year-old. Yeah that has this pterodactyl scream hmm. when she doesn't get her way. Yeah, that's fun. Um, she didn't get her way a lot. So there was there was much pterodactyl screaming going yeah. on. Um, Jurassic Park. For a very long time. And, <laughs> and I mean it is it's just it's the drama of 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 young girls. And yeah. you know, and that but um, I, so but I, Elijah's not a young girl, you know. Elijah's yeah. a little older, but you can still hear the whininess and 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 the the just self pity that's going on. Of yeah. and, and I think part of what I find ironic here as well is what finally breaks him. You know, he has been doing battle against Ahab and Jezebel for quite a while. Yeah, and they have not liked him. He's a troubler. And, you know, he's been doing all kinds of shenanigans around Israel. And, and so he goes and has this, this huge showdown. He just called fire from the sky. Fire from the sky came down and consumed his water-laden um, wood and burned it all up. I mean, he, he, he proved his point. And what breaks him is Jezebel having a negative reaction to all of this. <laughs> right. What breaks him is Jezebel not liking what he did. I, I'm sitting there going, That's true. dude, you just called fire from the sky. You shut up the skies. They weren't raining. And all of a sudden, boom, you call fire down from the sky. And then, of course, you know, you end the drought and all these other things. And what breaks you is Jezebel gets mad and puts out a, a a death warrant on you? That's that's what finally did it for you. <laughs> I and at the same time, I understand because there's seems it's you handle all of the really 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 big things fine. You're going through them. You're dealing with them. You're not cracking. You're strong, you're doing whatever, and then there's some stupid one little thing that's kind of very minuscule, and that's the thing that reduces you to blubbering tears and a tantrum and yeah. lashing out at people, and it's because it's just that one little... It's the straw. It's literally the straw, the straw that, broke, that yeah. breaks the camel's back. Yeah. Um, I also had a Monty Python reference, but I think I'm going to skip it because it's kind of gross. So, <laughs> so I, I, so I, th I think the reality with this text, 
we can all, we've all had those moments of despair to some degree. Like, and, and, and I hope, I hope that most of us haven't had that I literally want to die moments. But we've all experienced a level of despair on some, to some degree over something. Um, and and I, I, so that was one of the things I wanted to tap into and go, listen, you know, yeah, Elijah's overly dramatic. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is, like, we've all, we've all, we all experienced a level of despair. Well, and, and when you've been pushed to that, that limit. Now, like I said, Elijah's been busy. He's been feeding widows and, and taking on kings and queens and, and prophets and fire and droughts. And, I mean, he's, he's had a lot on his shoulders. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, he kind of, like, finally cracks and is like, I'm done. I'm, I'm just... I just yeah. want to die because I'm I'm over this, and I mean I have never had that level of of things going on in my life, um, and yet I, I I kind of feel this affinity and and sort of kinship to a degree with with Elijah from the standpoint of there have been points in my life where it's just just the daily having to get up and remind myself all I have to do is get through today to breathe, to remember to eat, to remember to just, do, you know, do those things and, and, and to be in that mode in, in what I call just sort of survival mode. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been in survival mode before and survival mode is hard. Um, and, and it doesn't help. At least it doesn't help me when people do say some of those platitudes like God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm sitting there going, well, he is pushing the limit. Well, and unfortunately, and, you're a Bible nerd. Yeah. So you can go, oh, yeah, that's from this. And this is what the text really says and break it down. Yes. Where most people don't. Most people go, oh, yeah, that's right. And and I mean, I guess there's something in and it that it that it For some people, maybe it helps them. Some comfort. But yeah. um, for me, I find it not helpful. Yeah, um, But that's me. And recognizing that we do all have our breaking points and the and and recognizing at least for me what it came down to and I think ultimately this is somewhat what this story is about is we are not expected to do it alone right we are not expected to be have it be just us yep doing it and yep. shouldering the burden yep um and you know the angel comes and cares for Elijah because Elijah needs somebody to care for him. Yep. And, and, and recognizing we can't, no matter how strong you think you are, um, how strong you have been, how strong everybody has their breaking point and everybody has that time where they need somebody else to kind of carry them a little bit. Um, and, and, and as I call it, be Christ to them. Um, when, and I know I talk about this a lot, but uh, it was a big part of my life <laughs> when I went through my divorce. Yeah. The number of people I had to lean on in the midst of that was phenomenal. Um, you know, and I had my mother sitting there going, I don't know how you're getting through this. I don't know. I'm just like, well, you do it because you have to. You don't have a choice. The alternative is you throw yourself under a broom tree and say, I'm not I'm done. It. I'm done. Yeah. Which, which believe me, right. I had my moments. Yeah, I'm I, sure. I, I did. I had my moments of I'm done and, and, and lying in bed and going, I'm just not getting out of bed today because that means I have to cope with whatever's going to happen today. And I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I think the difference 
so also a product of 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 a divorce um one my my ex was not a peach but not quite on the same level the difference for me i had i had a son yeah so take care of. i was like oh crap I had a dog <laughs> yeah like i i i kind of need I, to get up and deal with it and i joke about and i had a dog yeah but that's but that gets you keeps it's something. but it kept me going from the yeah. standpoint of my dog needs me my my I, you yep. know he needs to yeah. be fed he needs to be walked he yep. needs to be these things need to happen because he'd he'd be just like kind of sitting there going oh mom uh, <laughs> I know this stinks for y'all but like I'm hungry where yeah. where are my hotcakes yeah yeah where are my hot, hot cakes? cakes jar of water I come on where you at <laughs> um so no it actually it it did yeah. help having something yeah. something for me to still have to care about and take care of now not on the same level as a child yeah. I'm not but but it is frankly, it, it, it but is, it's it is something that, yep. that was necessary for me to um to to take care of and be responsible for. And being a pastor, you also know you had a, a responsibility to an entire congregation as well that still had needs and and things going on and and that's that's people. I think people underestimate that um, pew, pew people, mm-hmm. um, parishioners. I, I I think um, you know this sounds corny, but pastors are people too. Uh-huh. Um, they, and they have lives and all that, yeah. the bad things that happens in their lives also happens in ours. Yeah, yeah. And then you know you kind of have these moments where you go, okay, it's I, this. So poor language because the way it gets played out. But showtime. Yeah. Like it's it's Sunday morning, or in our case, Saturday night or Sunday morning, and I don't have the liberty of just saying um, I'm going to call in sick. Yeah, or 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 even <laughs> saying, "Well, I'm going to show up, and I'm not going to be present." Like you're here, but you're not here. Right. Um, it's it's hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, and but kind of what my overarching point here is I've been rambling a little bit, but my overarching point here is you are not expected to do this solely alone. No. Um, God sends an Elisha. And the angel, and you know, and all these, and that's why we have church, right? Yes, like so. Interestingly, um, I was so my my first weekend in my other call when I after uh, it became public knowledge that I was getting divorced, I did not know how I was going to handle my first worship service after all of that came out, yeah. Um, and I was I was dreading it, I was not. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Strangely enough, when that worship service started, it was, that was what I needed. Yeah. And I got done with it and I went, oh, wow. I was like, this was what I needed. And this was, this was where, where I needed to be and what I needed to be doing right now. Um, which I would have never in a million years, because you know a lot of people are like, "Oh, you need to take time, or whatever." And I was like, "No, I needed to be be doing that," and and so that was definitely, um, again, one of those things where where I was fed in the midst of of worship, and and when I, you know, how many, you know, how often, I, I have always said, I have never regretted actually getting up and going to church. I have not wanted to because I've not felt like it or, you know, whatever, yeah. but there has never been a regret right. that I did it. 
that, oh, you know what? I really would have been happier had I stayed in bed. It was like, no, I'm really glad I did this because it was clearly what I needed. Right. And there's I, so I, much in life that, that I think, um, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then you wind up doing it and you're like, oh, this was actually kind of really what I needed to do. Yeah. Because it, it really was helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was what, what I was, was, was actually needing. And, you know, I, I don't know that we always, when we're, we're stuck in those states of depression and despair and, and things like that, where our, our inclination is to pull an Elijah, we, we withdraw, we, we go in on ourselves and we're like, I just want to be alone. I just want to be, you know, just leave me alone. Leave me, you know, let me, let me wallow here in my, whatever it is. And I, I think part of this story is about, um, but we're not alone yep. and, and God doesn't let us just sit in that state forever yeah. and pushes us to do things that God knows we need to be doing um, because he knows it's good for us <laughs> and, it's, it, and just knows that that it is, it's, it's what we need. Yeah. So I think the other, the other piece from this text, not, not as much from the text, but the text is limited in the sense that you, know, you only get a snippet. You only get a snippet, and this is our dip our toe in the water on Elijah. And in this cycle, um, this is really the first, the first dip into the prophets. Mm -hmm. And you know, Elijah is a perfect example of how difficult and challenging being a prophet is. Being a prophet is um, mistakes were made. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. Mistakes were made, but also, um, you know, you mentioned this a little a little while ago. This is in all of the things that happened. You know, this seems like maybe it's not. What, why is this the thing that pushed him over the edge? Mm -hmm. And I think it's the totality of the weight of of everything of, that's been of going being on. a prophet and and trying to keep. Um, you know, in, in his mind, he was the only one trying to keep the covenant mm -hmm. um, between God and Israel intact. Right. And he felt very alone yeah. in, in being a prophet. And prophets, typically, that, that is their, their MO, is they, they seem to be lone, lone actors. And they're not well-liked. No. They're not well-liked. Um, because they're, they're often saying things that aren't popular, that aren't popular but maybe are necessary. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's hard, and and I think I, I think there's a different. <laughs> I'm stuttering. Cho choosing your words carefully and th and rethinking them. Well, yeah, because you know, so so we say things that that obviously ruffle feathers from time to time, um, and, and I'll only speak for myself, but I know it. I know it applies because we've talked. Um, I've I've never I've never said something, preached something with the intention of doing harm. Um, I've preached things that I knew people weren't going to like, that weren't going to be popular. But I've never preached something with the intention of doing harm. Um, and there's a distinction there. Um, I think. Saying saying things that are not popular aren't fun. 
but necessary. And I think there's there's a difference between. I, so I don't know where it's here's, a difference here's, between here's not where, popular and just being a jerk. Yeah, and I'm and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with the difference between and how we label people as prophets and saying things like I don't just to be provocative correct. for the sake of being provocative correct. because you know it's going to make people mad and so you say it because you want to make them mad so i don't and so, create and create the, all the drama that goes around that right so there, there's courses in seminary on prophetic preaching there's books on prophetic preaching and i love those books not because i think oh my god i'm, I'm a prophet or i want to be a prophet and i don't i don't even know that i know what that means in terms of being labeled it's, do you know what i'm saying well because like, the word comes from prophesio and if you actually look up in the Greek, at least, and similar word in the Hebrew, but meaning at least, um, the, the word actually means to speak the word of God and to preach. So technically speaking, we are in our role as preachers of God's word, okay. prophetic. Now, are we the, um, I'm out there being a, a, a God has come to me and given me specifically um, verbatim what he wants me to say to you people. Well, and, and I think, kind of thing, yeah, and I think know? there's a distinction with, you know, the biblical prophets um, and some of the, you know, Elijah's raining down fire. Right. Um, um, that doesn't work so well for us. Uh, I'd, lo I'd love to do it. It'd be fun. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's not within my, my ability or purview. Some people seem to think I can because I get asked to do it a lot. Um, you know, I do have a lot of people that that say, "Can can you can you just you know send some yeah. lightning bolts that way or yeah. you know something along those lines?" I'm like, man, if I could, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the uh, the comical clergy conversations that you have. Um, it's a, it's a, so I found it as a. Um, for lack of a better term, a cocktail party conversation. Mm -hmm. You meet someone and they've had a few drinks and you're joking around. And, and then they discover you're a pastor. And then they go, oh crap. And then they, they say, oh, well, could you maybe, you know, send a lightning bolt to my ex-wife or my ex-husband? Or, you know, something like that. You go, ho, ho, ho. Um, that's a pretty common pastor request that at those types of events, which is... Or, or that we have a more direct line. Yes. That's one of my favorites. Well, you have the direct line. Yeah, I, and I, I've said this a lot. Like, <laughs> Instead I, of getting put on hold or an extension or something, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, um, and I, I, yeah again, I, I'm like, I, since we, I, I often say, I'm stuttering a lot today. I often say um, the difference is that I went to school to study this. Mm -hmm. It's not that I can't be a doctor. Well, I mean, for many reasons I can't, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't go to school for that. Um, I'm not an accountant. Where your gifts lie, right? Like I'm not an accountant, not because like I can't, but I didn't go to school for that. But it doesn't mean I don't know math. But you know math on a deeper level. Like you know what I mean. Like I can I can look at the the moon and understand that it's the moon but not on the same level that a NASA astronaut knows it or what, you know what I mean? Like, like we, we've studied this. So, you know, there's different, there are different pieces that different ways of interpreting. It's one of the things we we're trying to get to in our, in the small group ministry, try and raise that level. Um, 
of biblical of biblical understanding and knowledge and awareness. Yeah, Yeah. Um, And, and particularly understanding because. That is one of the most difficult parts. Um, I- anybody can can quote scripture. Yes. Understanding what scripture means is a whole. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Like we, so we did. It was two years ago, I think, maybe um, over the summer. We did that sermon series on um, things the Bible never said. Things that are things are not actually in the Bible, and that's one of them. And and they're in all of those cases. They're, they're pieces that are sort of misquoted or taken out of context and used in, in, in poor form, but aren't actually in Scripture. You know, God helps those who help themselves um, is, is, is another one I remember from, from that series. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's understanding. So you're right, from a, from a prophetic standpoint, yes, as as strictly speaking as preachers of god's word to the yes. literal interpretation okay but in terms of how how we view it or how we use it the prophetic voice correct um as opposed to the more pastoral um so that's a really interesting distinction yes 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 the prophetic yes. voice versus the pastoral voice yes and of course what we have in front of our name is pastor not profit <laughs> so it would be interesting how that may change things so again to clarify pastoral voice pastoral voice is preaching this this past weekend perfect example is preaching this weekend about elijah elijah's experiencing despair we all experience despair you're not alone god loves you yes that is right? very pastoral the prophetic the prophetic piece of that um maybe the prophetic Maybe not so much in that text, but this this week coming up is um, I, I believe Amos justice rolls down like waters. Correct. Um, the prophetic voice is talking about all the ways in which um, the world is unjust and how God wants what God's justice looks like versus our justice. Right. And and those are and, and let's be honest. So some of those things are convicting. A few. Some of those things One are convicting. Two? Yeah. Okay. Um, warning, war- <laughs> warning, 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 Amos might be convicting. Um, and, and I, and I say that not as convicting to you as in you, but you as in plural collective, collective me as well. Yeah. Um, all y'all and us. all y'all and me, um, all y'all, I don't make stuff up here. Um, we, yeah. And you know, you read something like Amos and some of the other prophets and even Jesus, uh, you know, we we call Jesus Savior, yes, check, true. We call Jesus Son of God, yes, check, true. We don't call Jesus prophet. No. And yet, I, I, I'm going to maybe push back on that just a little bit. Okay. He is definitely within the prophetic tradition. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes. It is, he's a prophet and more than a prophet. It's kind yes. of where that goes. Yes, yes, yes. It's he's more than a prophet. Yeah, absolutely. He is, he's absolutely a prophet, but yes. he is more than a prophet. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, so prof- the, but we don't, but we don't assign that. Correct. We don't, we don't assign don't the prophet. Say the piece. prophet Jesus. Right. We 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 blow past that part, and let's be honest. Some of the stuff that Jesus says is is prophetic, and a lot, and and much of it he's pulling from the Old Testament prophets. Absolutely, he pulls from Elijah. He pulls from Amos. Um, you know, he he quotes those guys all over the place yeah and 
Um, yes, Jesus is prophet and so much more. But we right. we're, we're, we quickly assign the other. He goes piece. around doing the things Elijah did, right? You know, raising the widows and feeding them, and you know, and that, their, their sons and and things like that. I mean, he was very much kind of Elijah. And then the interesting part being when they think he is Elijah, he says, "Ah, oh, no, Elijah already came." And you cut his head off. Right. right. <laughs> that yeah. was John the Baptist. Yeah. We're, we, we're, we're really comfortable saying Jesus is Son of God. We're really comfortable saying Jesus is Savior. We're really comfortable saying Jesus is this and this. And, te and teacher and, and rabbi and shepherd. And and we leave out the prophet part. Prophet part. Because we don't like the prophets. Right. I, 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 love, I love that if I'm the... Let's be honest. I love that I'm the lost sheep and Jesus carries me and brings me back. Right. I love that, you know, Jesus died for my sins. I love that, you know, all those other pieces of Jesus. And I don't always like the prophetic Jesus, let me just be honest. Because it forces me to look and go, oh, crap. This is where I've failed. Right? Yeah. Like, like, these, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing work. Prophetic Jesus gets in your face and and confronts you and goes, "Okay, us. so so if if I'm saying love your neighbor, why are you not?" And then I go, "Oh, I hear that text." And I go, "Well, I who's uh, my neighbor?" Right. I, I, okay, fine. I'll love these people, but I don't really have to love these. My people. next door neighbor, Len, he's a nice guy. Like he's he is such a sweet guy, easy to love. But that's not my neighbor, or that's not my only neighbor in a biblical sense. My neighbor is also the person that you know cuts you off in traffic. The person that you know whatever. They're your neighbor too. Were Jezebel and Ahab Elijah's neighbor? Yeah, yeah, and that's hard. That's hard. And Elijah is their neighbor, although they didn't really care because they weren't really whatever. But yeah, and that's and that's. That's where, you know, all this stuff comes to a head. And, and I think, wow, I'm writing my sermon for next week. Um, I, I think we're really comfortable with, 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 with the warm and fuzzy part to Jesus, right? Because they make mm -hmm. us feel good. And, and when, we, when we preach the warm and fuzzy Jesus, man, pastor, nice sermon. Pastor, great sermon. Pastor, great sermon. When you preach the prophetic side, uh, well, less and, popular. And there's, and there's a card. There's also a complicated part, even within the reading for today, of basically God is helping um, Elijah, Elisha, um, carry out a, a leadership coup, a military coup, because he's, he's replacing. Yeah. He says, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to have you get this guy over here to replace this king over here. Um, there's, I mean, it's a... The, the the at least in the Old Testament, um, the the prophetic was very much also involved in 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 dealing with the kings, not just coming up against them, but then actually being involved in replacing them. Mm -hmm. um, they were they were sent to do like anointings and and things like that, and and there's this role of of okay, um, God's not happy with this ruler, so we're going to bring in this ruler, um, and and. Quite frankly, the, the problem, of course, always stems back to the fact that Israel should have never had a king to begin with because everyone, you know, it's like, okay, I'm mad at this one. We're going to get rid of this one. What happens then? You replace it with this one. Well, the next one winds up maybe not as bad, 
but has their own flaws and problems that they bring with them that wind up being, okay, that's a problem and not liking that either, and continues on that road toward failure and, and ultimately uh, the destruction of both the kingdoms of, of Israel and Judah um, and, and, and kind of, you know, they, they wind up becoming, um, quote, victims of even more violent, horrible empires. And you will get into the prophets also questioning why that happens, going, well, okay, no, we're bad. I know we've been doing things that are wrong, but oh my gosh, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, are you kidding me? Right. Why are you letting them do this? <laughs> we might be bad, but they're worse. And, and why? Um, and there's that, it just, it, it, it's a struggle. It's, it's a real, I mean, it just highlights the complexities of of the role of of being a prophet and that yeah no i want to get you back to god and whatever and the reality is is even if they replace them with this other person that other person is going to not be perfect either right hence why we get jesus as king because guess what we're all going to fail in that endeavor no matter what doesn't yeah. doesn't matter who we are unless we are God because God was supposed to be king, and that's it's one of those things where if you're 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 trying to fill a role that was meant to for God, <laughs> guess right. what you're going to fail at it, and every time every time because we aren't God, and we're trying to to be in roles that um, require that kind of I hate to say it but perfection. Um, so that you aren't doing all these things that wind up oppressing someone, hurting someone, hurting this group, hurting that group, um, benefiting me so that at the expense of you, um, kind of thing. Yeah. So the prophets have a hard, hard job and aren't liked because they are in many ways asking people to do almost the impossible. It's you need to be you need to be doing this the way God wants you to do this. But here's the thing: you're there. There has yet to be a leader. Yeah, I that think... that, uh, that fulfills that role in the way that needs to it needs to be fulfilled. The best we had was David, and and his redeeming quality was he was simply faithful. Yeah. He just he he kept turning to God and going, "Okay, God, I'm I'm." <laughs> well, and you know, I think I think the difference. You know, pre-Jesus versus post-Jesus. I wouldn't say post-Jesus. Uh, pre-Jesus versus today. You know, we have the benefit of Jesus. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have we have the benefit of. Um, we get to see God, what God wants, um, yes. or what God, what God's yes. desire is, actually lived out. Yes. And that's. Um, I actually got into a discussion one time with a, a believe it or not, a rabbi about this. But, mm -hmm. Well, you don't have to follow any of the rules and the laws and whatever. So, you know, and, and didn't understand when I was saying, well, but for, for us, Jesus is the embodiment. Right. Of course, it's like, because everything that's in Torah is in Jesus and Jesus lives out Torah. He is the perfected. He lives it out every way that right. is possible to be lived out. Yep. And, um, 
and, and we have the benefit of less pressure. Yes, in, in the sense we that we, we know that we have that forgiveness piece as well. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, I think sometimes we take that forgiveness piece and use it as you know, what an bon excuse for why we don't. We right, do what Bonhoeffer this. called cheap grace. Yeah. Um, you know, saying, "Oh well, I got, I've got, I've got grace. I don't forgive him, so whatever. I'm not going to do anything." Um, yeah, that ain't that's that's not the shtick. Mm -mm. Um, but you know, we so so you know, pre Jesus, you know, they didn't have that embodiment of God. Like literally to look at as an example, go, oh, wait a minute. You know, they just had some guy who was And not you know, that Jesus just is just example, clarification. Correct. More than an example, but right, he right. is example. Right. We are to right. conform ourselves to correct. Christ. Correct. Paul yep. says, even though he says, um, you are not justified by your works, still he then continues on to say, but conform yourselves to Christ. Be right. more Christ like. Right. And yeah, there's that always that struggle. Um and and hence why the, the the prophetic voice is always necessary because our inclination is to kind of just sort of do whatever we want um, and stray from that and and you need that voice that comes in and kind of puts you back otherwise it's chaos and it's you know and and, and everything that um, as bad as things are they could be worse let's put it that way you know it's yeah. without the prophetic voice things would be so much worse because you don't have that voice coming in going eh, wait a minute maybe you need to switch gears here maybe this isn't the way things are supposed to be going and if you continue this way it will be destructive for well, you so i don't want to get into deep theological stuff but it's it's the uses of the law mm -hmm. you know so the law and we've talked about this and the, the law essentially those things that convict us basically the prophetic things we hear the law is Sort to of, protect and preserve life. Right. So it's, in imagery, it's the mirror and, and the curb. Mm -hmm. You know, the mirror that we can look and self-reflect and go, oh. Oops. And the curb Get is, me. the curb kind of keeps us in bounds, mm -hmm. um, keeps us from running off the road. So. Yeah. So fun times this this coming weekend. Get to talk about Amos. But justice rolled down like waters. I like Amos. Amos is a nice I do guy. too. He's, he's, he's like, kind of a fun prophet. I like Amos and Hosea. I think it was Hosea was the one that... Uh, he married the the. Which one was Cal? They called him Cows of Bashan. That was Hosea, I think. That was Hosea, I think. Too, yeah. yeah, basically called them fat and lazy and just doing nothing and you know just living off their wealth and eating yeah. grapes and he called them Cows of Bashan. Yeah. So if you want to know why Although, prophets aren't a Amos, kind of gets into that too. Yeah. So yeah, there's but we'll talk more about that next week because because that'll be Amos. So we'll see you then. Have a good week. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>